0: Happy Tuesday evening, everybody. Most of you are probably watching the Republican National Convention. Uh, We're actually, um, uh, we're going to broadcast Thursday night at 8 o'clock instead of 7 because I imagine everybody's going to want to watch the last day of the convention. So we'll broadcast Thursday at 8. uh, But tomorrow night we're still going to be on at 7. And a dear, dear friend that I have known longer than I know my wife Uh, and he's the one who actually introduced me. I I was kind of involved in politics, but he's the one who really got me started, and he's written a book, and it's fascinating. His name's Mark Baker. Uh, He's a great guy, and he'll be on tomorrow night with me. Um, but tonight we have, a, we have two special guests. First of all, to my left uh, and to David's right is Kurt Cameron. Oh. You're the special guest. And uh, David and I, are, we're, we're going to carry it as best we can, but we're going to actually just turn it over to you. Oh, gee, thanks. And then you had a chance to spend time at the Council on National Policy, CNP. That's spoke right. There. You did what you did for us. You did the monument presentation, I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, the National Monument at the Forefathers. And so you presented that, but uh, uh, you, you got to see who our guest is tonight. Uh, they were with you, and they were
1: actually MCing that event, weren't they, or part of it? That, that, that's right. And in fact, I had a chance to take my 17-year-old son, James, with me. And uh, what, a, what a cool thing to be able to expose him to such intelligent people, articulate yeah. people, and compassionate conservatives who, uh, who really want to see the nation go in a good direction. And, and yeah, uh, Christians. And, and, and he got to, yeah. And Sage guns. Th- that, that's right. I felt like I didn't know if I was. Are we at a at a conservative meeting here, or are we in church? Yeah. Because there was just scripture everywhere. People were praying all the time. It was, it was fantastic. I was like, this is the kind of church I want to go to. Amen. Yeah, if you don't remember what the monument presentation we
2: did two episodes with you probably about forty ago. So if you guys go back and look at that was forty ago. I think it. Was, I'm going to look it up. But wow. I, it was thirty or forty ago that we did two back to back? So if you missed that and you're wondering what the monument presentation is, go back and look for Kirk and you'll find, find that.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, and then I, I, before we get to our guests that we're about to introduce, because I, I don't want to take time, I, I told them we're bringing it on, 7.05, so i got three minutes. I want to do a shout-out. Uh, I want to do a shout-out to the folks that have never stepped foot in this building. And I know it because as I'm looking at this sheet, there's no way, maybe some of you have, but, but you had to go long distances, I have never solicited i 've never asked for a dime uh, i don 't do it in church um, it, you know god 's work done god 's way will never want for anything and we that 's just how it is uh, we 've never let a need be known we 've never asked for anything but I want to say thank you because it 's important and and what what I, there aren 't names on this this sheet what I have in front of me is just we didn 't even have enough time to put them all out I just have a handful of them but these are folks that have tuned into this live stream from across the country and the world who have sent in a, a gift and a, a kind note or a card to the to to the congregation as a result of enjoying the live stream because we're now on our 146th episode and we started with zero and now we're approaching 11,000 subscribers and all of you you haven't just been watching you've been participating and encouraging and blessing us and i I wanted to say thank you to the folks in corona california middleton new york henderson nevada alta uh, alta monta springs florida colorado springs florida sacramento california somerset new jersey woodbury minnesota carlsbad california manassa wisconsin imperial missouri stalwell alabama quincy illinois austin texas eagle mountain utah lakeland florida Vacaville, California, Roseville, California, uh, Lower Burrell, Pennsylvania, Yigo, Guam. Ugh. They called us today. They said, we're, Yeah, it's amazing. And they, they said, Everybody's here praying for you in Guam. They, Thank you. Bless you guys. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. San Diego, California. Littleton, Colorado. Rialto, California. Youngsville, North Carolina. Tacoma, Washington. Chesapeake, Virginia. Birmingham, Alabama. Antioch, <laughs> California. Columbus, Ohio. Bothwell, Washington. State Line, Nevada. Lake Havasu, Arizona. Doosan, Louisiana. Hawkins, Texas. Centennial. Uh, Colorado, Eudora, Kansas, Los Angeles, California, yeah. Champaign, Illinois, Crestville, Florida. The list goes on, and I'm getting too close to our guests when I told them we're coming on, but wow. there's more. And, and what I'm saying to all of you is thank you. Thank you for supporting us, believing in us, uh, encouraging us. It, and it's not even a donation. Some are just cards, and that's, that's just as encouraging. Thank you, because you know we're, we're, we're talking to a camera, but when a, a note comes in, all of a sudden we realize these are people's lives and, and we're blessed. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so very much for all that you've done to encourage us. And uh, whoever, whoever thought that this little church would, would be in the middle of all this and, and have a chance to have so many friends around the world. Uh, we, we've had letters from Australia, New Zealand, um, Cambodia. I, I, like I said, we can go on and on. God Jeez. bless you all and thank you.
2: You know the amazing thing is I see people saying hello from some of those places that you just named. There's some weird time zones that these people are tuning in to watch us. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. That's amazing. That's a blessing to us when I see the comments.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I thought I, I earlier earlier on I thought that the program would cure insomnia, but apparently it's keeping you awake. So hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough with that. Um, I, I I can't wait to. It, this is a guest that's been on our show uh, a, a couple of times before. And every time this guest is on, uh, the, the viewership goes through the roof because there's such a comfort in in, in this man's mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. and the way he, he takes current events and historical references, ties them together and presents it in such a way that just brings a peace. And he's, he's my mentor, my encourager, and he's been one of the greatest blessings in my life. He and his wife have been to me and Michelle such a gift and I think one of the greatest blessings was when the Lord uh, introduced Michelle and I to Bob and Liz McEwen. So here is uh, Congressman Bob McEwen. Welcome, sweet brother. Hello.
3: It's an honor to be with all three of you. My goodness. Hey, They're Bob. Such celebrities. <clears throat> let, me, let me just say that, that uh, my sister-in-law uh, in Hendersonville, the suburb of Nashville, she not only watches every day, but many times she'll watch it over again because she, she enjoys these, these uh, broadcasts. They're encouraging to all of us. And I... I'm glad sure. that you're doing it, Bob, and we're, we're all blessed as a result.
0: Well, Bob, if I ever write a book, I'll sign one for and send it to her. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Very good.
0: Well, I, 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 I called you today. I asked you to be on, and you have been in the thick of things because currently you're in Washington, D.C. Uh, with the Republican National Convention, and uh, you've been participating in this. You, you, you've had a front row seat. You just finished the Council on National Policy, which you're a part of, uh, in the leadership. And uh, you, you've had your plate full, and we're watching all of this transpire. You're seeing all the folks that are stepping forward in leadership positions to contend, as we've done since the inception of this nation, in in a vote of the people. And uh, ideas are being formulated and presented to the American people to make a decision. And you've been working feverishly to put your best foot forward and to help uh, your party do the same. And uh, I, I I was... So sad I couldn't be at the CNP you invited me I was thrilled I wanted to go but as you know I was in the middle of a court hearing uh, and I'd actually supposed to be on my cuckabee show and I couldn't go to that and I couldn't go to the CNP I wanted to do both um, but God knows what he's doing and it's all right. But you had a chance to see Kirk there. there.
1: That's right. And believe me, you were represented at CNP, wasn't he, Bob? And so was Godspeak Church. And it was being spoken of uh, no less than four or five times by several different people throughout
3: the weekend. Well, I'm that, bummed I missed you it. got all
2: those blessings of all the Twitter messages that we got that day. That was from yeah, that. Yeah. That was a blessing. So- well, you're,
3: you're, you're taking a, a leadership role that uh, is sorely, sorely needed. And, uh, you know, there, there are things that tradition allows whenever, when the group does it, that, that even if it's an error, and I was thinking about Rosa Parks, in which the Democrat city council in Montgomery, Alabama said that if you had a particular skin color, you couldn't sit up front in the bus. Well, you're not allowed to do that in America, but they'd done it for a long, long time until finally Rosa Parks said, I'm not going to do that. Well, once it got into court, then of the course you can't be doing this to people. And uh, what has happened in America is that uh, a handful of people that you and I couldn't find with a flashlight. Now, you're a political leadership. You pray for the city council. You pray for the school board. You know these people. But for most of us, we don't know who the deputy assistant uh, health commissioner is for our county. And for when that person wakes up in the morning and says, I think I'm going to say, you can't have a private or a Christian school function in the year 2020 or 21 in all of montgomery county maryland which is exactly what happened and all the christian schools say oh well then that, that'll be all right the fact we've prayed and we have we've had teachers and people have left their jobs to come and, and contribute to this school if this person that we didn't elect we don't know anything about says that we're going to just roll over and play dead and that is what we've seen happen in this country in the last hundred days until uh, you've said that we're not going to do that anymore i if i have to go to jail i'll go to jail but let's let's go to court let's find out and so the entire country was watching. And so uh, at the Council for National Policy, in which we had the, we had the, the assistant, we had the Secretary of Homeland Security, who's responsible for trying to pre- keep our, our city safe in what's going on in Portland and elsewhere. We had him and we, we had the leadership of, across the, the board, including Kurt, fortunately, was there, as well as the President of the United States. Everyone was monitoring. Uh, every, people actually went to prayer which, which is, was at 1 o'clock our time when you went to court on mm. Friday morning wow. because uh, everyone understood what, what this is. This is a spiritual battle. America mm. is the lighthouse for the gospel. All of this stuff about people will say, you know, if God does not destroy America, he's got to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. and all. It, all this stuff sounds good. The fact is there is no nation as righteous as this nation. Mm. Uh, if you just immediately cross the, the Rio Grande and go down to... to, to antarctica go through any one of those countries and find a place where you could leave your your car out unlocked you could leave your your uh, porch uh, furniture sitting out in the yard we, we have a level of confidence of spirituality in this nation that we take for granted yeah, yeah. that is that is unique in 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 the world and when a person gives a word we expect them to honor it and so that's one of our struggles in which we've dealt with these other nations that we, we sign a contract, and, and they, if they can get around it, they think that's noble. America is the standard for righteousness in mm-hmm. the world, and, and therefore it, it is important that it spiritually be, be salvaged as this, as this spiritual warfare takes place. And you have voluntarily, and God has ordained it, that you're the tip of the spear. And what we're going to see happen, and, and quite frankly, is I'm sure there's going to be greater fines. And uh, all of us uh, will be able to participate with you as you take that stand that now we see across the board. Other, other pastors and ministers are beginning to do it as well. Yeah. And it's essential that it be done.
0: Mm. Uh, I, I'm a little choked up. Um, I didn't know you guys had been praying uh, at the CNP. And that you took time out at 1 o'clock to pray for us. And I'm, I'm sorry, Bob. You had to throw that at me. You hit me. <laughs> right in the field. Well,
3: everybody everybody knows your name because people that, that weren't aware they were all informed and of course the, the Ben guards uh live 100 miles away but uh they were there and and they're very supportive they're they're everyone uh, Kirk can tell you uh, I would say at least half of the speakers made reference to you personally mentioned your name uh, during the course of the weekend. So
1: That's right because because they know we all know that the that courage is what's needed right now. Compassion uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I see a certain political party that is, is, is calling uh, folks like us who want to stand up. Uh, for religious liberty and, and say, well, you're not caring about the community around you when you do this, you're endangering people's lives. And, I, and then I, I see you so graciously say on the news programs, no, we're loving our neighbor. This is exactly what needs to be done. There's so many other things going on as a result, not of the coronavirus, but the result of the lockdown that's not being taken care of by the, by the county. And, and, and we're stepping up and doing that. And we're standing for the rights of other people. And uh, people are just going, Yes, yes, that's what we need. I wish my pastor would do that. And so you're setting an example, not just with your mouth, but with your, with your actions, and you're willing to pay a price. And I think that that, that awakens a warrior in, yeah. in, in all of us. In
3: all of us. Mm-hmm. And I, Kirk, the, the term awakening is, is, is very important. That they would try to imply that Christianity or a relationship with Christ or religion is a handy thing that some people find helpful but in the scheme of things uh you know it's, it's just something that you know it's kind of a sidebar you and i know it's the underpinning of everything it's the underpinning of culture it's the underpinning yep. of law the yep. list goes on and, and yet if they've dismissed it then they can say just as you said just now with without the churches without the hospitals which the church is a hospital for sinners if it's not a place in which struggling couples in which teenagers who are, are isolated and all they're reading is, is they're sitting on, on their beds reading this nonsense and evil that comes from Twitter and the rest is being attacked and into the spiritual warfare and they cannot go to the hospital to be taken care of because the church is closed yeah and and, and the, the idea the very idea that you that in this time of crisis uh, throughout the Second World War as you know on on the, on the day, that the, the Army landed in Normandy, and which, to remind all the folks, uh, we, we knew the war was coming. Uh, we'd, it's, so you got 1941, 1942, 1943. It wasn't until June of 1944 that we'd made enough tanks and we trained enough soldiers and we had enough airplanes that now we're going to go to war. And, and the war began on June 6, 1944, which we're going to go hit the beaches. And if they hit us, if they destroy us, then uh, it'll take another three or four years it, it, to come back, if at all. And so, uh, when, when when they hit the beaches in Normandy, the churches of Britain and the churches of the United States and and Australia and New Zealand were packed. And the president of the United States, and I would just encourage you sometime to go Google it. Uh, the president of the United States prayed for nine minutes for for uh, God's protection for yeah. our 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 troops. Now, that's exactly what needs to be done now. And yet now, when we drive by the, the churches, the parking lots, they're all empty. One a final example. On election night in 2016, a, a, a Catholic friend of mine uh, in Louisiana at 9 o'clock at night felt so distressed about what was taking place at election night and, and what was going to happen to his country that he knew the church was always open 24 hours a day. And he just felt like he wanted to get in the car. And he wanted to go to church, and he was he was going to go to the altar, and he was going to pray. And on whatever it was, November eighth, two 2016, 9 o'clock at night, he drove to his church. And when he got there, the church was completely packed mm. of people that had, done, had felt the same thing that he had felt. Well, that's, that's our solution. That's oh. our answer. And over these next 70 days, that's what we need to do. That's you right. have been... Been the, the, the prick in the dam to begin to, the, what's going to start. I believe a a revival to, that just as as uh, Kirk said, there, there needs to be this awakening in the hearts of believers and our citizens.
0: Amen. I I told you early on that you've been instrumental in formulating my life and. I'm sorry, God's used you in a profound way. And I, I found myself, uh, Charlie Kirk was putting together his presentation for Sunday morning. And he was also doing his presentation, his preparation for the, the, the National Convention speech that he gave. I, I think he was batting lead off. And he had commented that he had incorporated three areas in his speech of things that had inspired him by what we'd done. And then when he sent me a text as he was preparing Sunday night, I wanted to read this to you and have you elaborate because as I found myself responding to his question, I could hear your voice in my head. He said, um, he was quoting Romans 13. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? And Charlie says, is it fair to say when rulers do these things, then they are no longer rulers, which is another way to disprove the conventional reading of Romans 13. And I wrote to Charlie and I said, they are tyrants who enslave and it is our right and duty to push back. The purpose of government as outlined by our founders is to protect our God given rights. The burden falls on we, the people to remove our consent by peaceful protest and fearless pulpits, and an honest press that protects free speech. If we do not fulfill our responsibilities, then words and ideas give way to blood and war. This word brings freedom, and it must be proclaimed. If the press surrenders to the tyrant, and the pulpits are silent, then the people are left only to defend themselves from those who would come to enslave them. That is why gun sales are through the roof. The conventional reading does not take into account, the conventional reading of Romans 13 does not take into account the form of government our founders have given us and the responsibility we have to that. Our incremental surrender to authority by the misapplication of Romans 13 has brought us to where we are now. We should be so involved in the public square that we push back at every attempt of encroachment so that we do not end up where we are now. Our leaders will take every right we're willing to surrender we have given them our unborn children to destroy, our children to indoctrinate, our businesses to tax into oblivion, our health to destroy, our families to redefine, and we have done this by the consent of apathy and ignorance. Our pulpits have relegated themselves to a gospel that has no liberty beyond the forgiveness of sins, and soon that too will be silenced. And, and my thought is, we are now at a precip, unlike anything I've seen, and, and you're just a tad bit older than I am, but 56 years on this earth, I've never seen a nation so clearly divided between those who believe the answer is in the, the largesse of government and our salvation will come from government, and the other is the, the liberty of individual, individualism and limited government, and now. We're, we're, we're less than 70 days out from that decision. I hear your voice. I, I know that you can, you can elaborate in a thousand different directions in what I just shared. And I would love to hear what your heart's telling you.
3: Well, my heart's telling me that, that God put you there for just this reason. Uh, everyone seems to think that they understand politics. And uh, the real benefit of, of you running for office is that you learned that uh, politics on the inside is a lot different than it is on the outside. Amen. And people, people think they understand it, but they really don't. Uh, very few do. And Now, if they do, uh, there aren't that many business people understand politics. There aren't that many business people that know the Lord or know the Lord or politics. The, the, to find all three of those is, is just one in, a, in, a, in 100 million you, by running for office and by, by implementing spiritual values into a city council where you lift up Christ, behave in, in a Christ-like manner, and then the Holy Spirit draws people to a city council that would not pass a, a, a day of prayer resolution, holds a day of prayer celebration in which all of the city council members participate. And then, of course, the tragedy that took place in which you were used as, as an instrument to bless those families. So that when this time comes in which all of these dear pastors who mean well, but do not understand our form of government, get misled. And so by your experience and correct values that you can explain to them that we, we to the higher power. Now, this is this is a is a. Nice to say, but it, the point is, a fellow said to me, he said, I don't talk to the monkey. I talk only to the organ grinder. So the or- organ grinder is the one running it. The monkey is the person going around collecting the, the money from the people watching. In America, we don't listen to the monkey. In America, the organ grinder is you and me. We don't listen to some staff, some, some assistant secretary somewhere that makes a regulation telling us what to do. No, 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 no. No, you work for us, son. Uh, we, the people, run this government. And so it's our responsibility to not take what has been entrusted to us, and for people around the globe crawl over cut glass and, and dodge bullets, swimming rivers, et cetera, to get to America, mm. and then we just turn it over to, to some bureaucrat that you and I can't name and was never elected by anyone. Right. Uh, and, 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 and of all the things to surrender is, in the First Amendment, the, the freedom of assembly and the freedom of worship. And to drive by these church parking lots and say, why is that happening? Well, because some uh, some little prosecutor in Pasadena said he was going to find someone. Well, let's let's go ahead. let's 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 have this fight. And uh, I th- I think that you know the Lord, uh, my my friend Lon Solomon uh, describes it best when th- when things happen like this. He said the Lord doesn't look down from heaven and slam his forehead and said, oh my goodness, look what happened to Bob. You no, know, God knows what's going on here. And there is a real potential that this nation is prepared to, f- to focus and that the pulpits are beginning to look to have a third great awakening that in this time the world can see what righteousness means. And uh, it is it never been more clearly cut between the candidates and between the issues. And, and I, uh, I am much more optimistic now than I was a month ago, and I was pretty excited then.
1: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you have that's something? so great? And and you know, I, I I I love that, Bob. You give people hope, and right now we need hope in America like people require air. People are afraid, people are scared. And and I was there with you at CNP, and and uh, you you you, you said that to all of us, you said, I'm more hopeful now. Uh, uh and and when the president came and spoke to us uh, about what two hundred of us? Two hundred fifty of us there in the room. 250. I thought two fifty
3: to- because the because the governor and and one of his staff members chose it out of the air, and the entire state had to respond, and so we could only have two hundred and fifty. But go ahead.
1: And and and, and I, I believe there's four hundred members, I think, or or, or more of right. CNP, and 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 had to, it couldn't even get the members in there. It had to move to another state because the first state wouldn't allow uh, that many people to gather, not even two fifty. But what I was going to say is this issue of hope. And, uh, you know, if, if, if a miracle happened in 2016, and uh, against all odds, uh, this man became the President of the United States, and, and he had, did not have a track record, obviously, of uh, being able to keep the, the political promises and all the other things he said he would do, now, There is such an unbelievably long list of promises kept and things accomplished that means something to me. I've never seen a president be more pro-life and speak at the at the right-to-life to march. Uh, you know, pro-life is, is huge. I've got four adopted children. My wife is adopted. They were this close, uh, one doctor appointment away from not existing, and he's standing up for them. Uh, somebody who's done more for, for Israel and uh, for the church and religious liberty and so that- many things that mean so much to me that I think if people would just become aware of these things because they're not going to become aware of it watching most of the media. But if, if people just knew, boy, I think people would say, really? Really? All this has happened in the last three years? Well, these are all the things that are important to me. I, I, I can get a paycheck. I have a job. I've got freedom. I can, I can uh, you know, and I, that gives First. me hope too. And, and, I, and I felt that even more this last weekend at CNP. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I would add to that what Bob has done such a great favor to us is hope comes from the knowledge that you and Bill have passed on to us. And so hope comes from the truth and the knowledge that they've given us. So that's what I've learned from these two guys tremendously.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, I I, I closed my comments on Saturday night. uh, by You've all heard the the tribute to America that was written by Thomas Paine on December 23rd. And which he said, these are the times that try men's souls, the summer soldier, well, it, 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 that George and the Washington sunshine had patriot, read, yeah. Yeah, it read to the troops, this is when everybody wants to give up. I went ahead and read, the fourth paragraph talks about a panic and how a panic strips people of their strength. And he goes through it and how that, how that after the British had destroyed the, the French, it was completely done, that a woman, Joan of Arc, Cobbled together a handful of soldiers, and and a fear swept the strongest army in the world, and they and they turned into a rout. That fear, that's why, as we've referred to the scripture, that 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 fear hath torments, and it's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. And when you're fearful, you don't have power. You cannot love a person you fear, and when you when you're afraid, you don't think straight, and so you don't have a sound mind. And and this effort of people making decisions based upon fear. And, and what drives away fear? Knowledge drives away fear. That's, 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 that's as right. I used the example, you wake up in the middle of the night, a large bang in the house, you turn on the light, you see the cat knocked over the flower pot, the knowledge drives away the fear. And so as we get more and more knowledge as to what's going on here, that's right. And, and if, you're not, if you're not over 65, you don't, even, you don't even merit discussion. You're not allowed to be a part of this effort because you, you don't count. There aren't enough of you to you put all of you in a school bus. So uh, the idea that the nation would lock itself up over this because of a lack of knowledge, and therefore the lack of knowledge gives fear. And we need to confront it. It's a spiritual battle, and I'm honored to be with some leaders that are putting a stop to it.
1: Bob, you had said. some Speaking of, of fear, um, you, you had also said in some of your comments um, that fear is one of the most effective motivators to get f- uh, for nefarious people to get people to do things that they wouldn't otherwise yeah. do. Yeah. And you told this very yeah. chilling story: uh, how to kill eleven million. How to kill eleven million people. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, would you just share that? I thought that was that was so chilling well, I, I, and sobering. I actually,
3: did I, I did one time, and so I don't want to bore people too much again, but. But it's just the actual truth as to how they did, and that they told people, they told the Jews, you need, you know, people don't like you here. And so you need to all live together so you can protect one another. It's for your own safety. So leave your house and we're going to move you down to this section of the town, which then became known as a ghetto in the the, the, uh, dictionaries. And then, well, then why are you putting a wall up? Well, you know why we're putting a wall up. We're putting a wall to keep you safe. We're doing this to keep you safe. Well, why are you making me wear this gold star? Well, because there's people that don't like you. And the policemen need to know that when they see you with a gold star, then they, they know to protect you, to keep you safe. So you have to wear this mask. You have to wear this shield. You have to do all these things to keep you safe. You know, I, I hate to say this because I, I haven't been able to, to verify it. But I read that the, that the holes in, in these paper masks are 3200 times larger than the size of a uh, of a virus. Now I need to look into that, but I know it's a lot. And and the idea and we're going around now if those masks keep us safe, then you don't need to take any prisoners out and turn them loose so they can burn down the city. Just put give them masks, then they'll, they'll be safe. Uh and and, and I I went into the Goodyear place on Saturday. I sat down on the couch, and the woman on the other end of the couch got up and moved away because I didn't have a mask on. But she was all bundled up like, like a hazmat. And you know, I, I wanted to say to her, ma'am, if you're, you, you're wearing all that, you're supposed to be protected. Whether or not I have this paper mask, paper mache thing, I thought you're supposed to be protected. Why are you doing that? A spirit of fear. That's right. Not a sound mind. You don't think straight when you're afraid.
0: I, yeah. The... The founders gave us the First Amendment to dispel fear because they gave us the freedom of the press, the freedom of speech, the freedom to peaceably mm. assemble, the freedom of the pulpit, all to proclaim and, and search for truth and to dispel fear by facts. But, but you know, I, I hear right. the president say, you know, the, the fake news and all these things. I haven't, I, I haven't been subject to that. Until just recently. It was this last Sunday. I've never seen it like I did this last Sunday. There was a CBS reporter. And they were out there. And they interviewed one of the folks who had attended. And I did an interview. Um, I don't remember when, but I did that. And the statistic that I gave them was this one. I said, there's been 102 deaths in Ventura County. Of which only two, they died from COVID-19. The other 100 died with COVID-19. Pretty telling fact that the press should in, embrace. It, it's on the CDC. It's Freedom of Information Act. I laid it out there. I presented it to them. That should dispel fear across the county. You, you've had two deaths from COVID. You had an overdose and someone had COVID when they died. Th- that, you've had two deaths from COVID. A 94 year old man and a 78 or 79 year old woman. That's it. In the entire county of 700 or 856,000 people. The press doesn't pick that up. Yeah. Instead, what they did is they put a news piece together that said that there were two deaths in Newberry Park. Of all the zip codes, of the 102 that have died, there's been two deaths in our 91320 zip code. They said there's two deaths in Newberry Park as they are talking about our church. We've never had a case here, not one in the church. There's been two deaths in Newberry Park. They took my clip of saying, as tragic as those two deaths are, speaking of the ones who died from COVID, having nothing to do with the Newberry Park, and they made it as though I'm addressing and dismissing the two deaths in Newberry Park when I've never publicly ever spoken in that capacity. Now, the reporter was very good and very honest and was in favor of what we were doing. And they were real and honest and they were choked up. But the editor and every reporter I I see, they're on the front lines. They see the truth. They report the truth. And then the editor of either the newspaper or the editor in the news, they chop it up and fulfill the narrative. They're culpable. They're, They're complicit in establishing the fear in the community. And that's not why the press was given. And, and that's what's troubling to me. Because the, the press is, is fulfilling the narrative of fear. Yep. Have you yeah. noticed this?
3: Well, if you want to take over, as you know, that's, Goebbels was just as essential to Hitler as, as uh, anyone else was. That, that is, if you control what people see and, and hear, uh, last night, on the Republican, and I would encourage people, this is a unique opportunity to get a, a view of the Democrat and Republican parties. Because rather than having all the balloons dropping, the bands playing, and people walking around and nobody paying attention to the speakers, uh, actually you can sit down and in two hours you can get a sense as to where people stand. And so uh, last night when they talked about how great America was, every last one of them invoked the name of Christ and or God's blessing and, and all. And then the, uh, on Tucker Carlson, he had the list of NBC, CBS, CBS, and every one of them, they talked about how it was a dark, it was a dark event, a dark speaker, dark. That, that was obviously the narrative. Now, there wasn't anything dark about it. It was cheerful, happy, uplifting, and, and patriotic. But but this idea, these people are committed to the propagandizing of their position, and their propagandizing of the position currently is fear. If they can scare people from yep. voting- if they show up and vote, they're liable to, to, to lose the election. And so they have to keep them scared. And they'll say, we'll come and help you. So we won't put a yellow star on you this time. We won't do that yet. But what we'll do is we'll give you this ballot that will help you d- deliver, and thereby they'll be able to retain their power. This is, as, this is as significant a war that we have ever been involved in in our lives. And for those that didn't hit the beach at, at Okinawa or at Normandy, uh, this is our chance to defend our country and to make and to fight this terror of fear that's being perpetrated on good, decent people that should, that should know better.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I hear you say that and, and, and I see it, too. I, I, I read the emails that come in from, you know, from both campaigns on, on, on both sides of the aisle. And, you know, I, it, it stuns me how I can watch something take place and then see a narrative ...that's being uh, given, you know, a way to interpret that that's completely false. And I, I see them do it with you in this church. I see them do it with political candidates. I've, I've, I've had it done to me. And it just blows my mind that people can just flat out lie. And uh, sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, what the truth is and, and what's lying if you're not close to the information. But when you see it firsthand and you know the person firsthand... Uh, and I know you know a lot of the people in, in the in the political world, and you see just the blatant lies, and you know that they know that they're lying. It uh, that's right. It, it's shocking that people are willing to do whatever it takes to win, um, and 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 that just says to me that you know they 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 themselves don't even have faith in the American voting process. They don't have faith that people can think for themselves and that will do the right thing. I mean. Just, just it have, burns me up <laughs>
0: Bob Bob have you seen have you seen the the ratings the the contrast in ratings between one party and the next I mean the ratings were plummeted they were the worst that they've been almost thirty percent less I mean and you're looking at last week's convention and then this convention's ratings are very high something's well, telling. I would encourage
3: I would encourage people to do it uh, if you if you have any questions at all as to how to vote just simply simply watch these things as to, um, it, it, it explains which direction we want the country to go. And, and it's never been a more sharp, this is not Humphrey Nixon. This is not Carter Ford. This is people that will take George Washington's statue, pull it down, burn it, and stomp on it. These are people who go up to business people, up to people that are sitting on the uh, having dinner out on and and calling them names and foul names these are people that hate our country versus those who love our country and and if we allow this on our watch for this country to make a turn i just i'm I'm fearful that uh, we're gonna have to stand before God and give account for it
1: yeah Bob would you would you recommend that people go back and watch you know uh, every day of, of both conventions and all the speakers, just, just watch all of them, just take a couple couple days and binge watch all of that?
3: Well, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful time to be alive in that regard. Uh, I, I For example, on election night, my wife knows that I don't go to parties, I don't do things because I want to see what's going on. I have the TVs and the radios and all that. Uh, those, those days in which you have to be involved at the moment are no longer the case. Right now, uh, as you and I are talking, it's going on, but I know that in a couple hours I can watch it. And so what I would encourage people to do is over time is to, uh, it's only for a couple of hours each night, so that's eight hours of the course between now and the next 70 days, uh, to bring it up. You, you'll see the, vid, the, the speeches are never more than 10 minutes. And so each one is on a particular topic. You're going to see a fellow who came to know the Lord when he was in prison, and, and, uh, and the president introduces him as a person who gave his life to Christ. And that for that reason, he was pardoning his, 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 his record because of what he had done to help people. And the uh, business people, uh, a, a dairy farmer, that uh, when, when their barn burned down and they lost everything, that the neighbors, Americans, the kind of Americans that the people in New York and Hollywood don't know anything about, the American, because milk cows have to be milked every day, twice a day, that the, the neighbors came and took their cows And took their cows to their farms so they would be milked twice a day until they could get their barn rebuilt and on. That's what America is. It's not the doom and gloom, racist, bigoted, miserable. People that come to our country. This you know, your good senator from California. That woman, her father came from Jamaica, her mother came from India, she grew up in Montreal and comes back here and lectures all of us about how horrible our country is. Well then why in the world did people come here if it's so all fired bad? We happen to believe that it's a decent, wonderful place. Amen. And, and I, I was speaking to a bunch of young people in, in uh, Czechoslovakia shortly after the when communism fell and they'd been all taught how awful America was. And uh, one of the questionnaires was a big auditorium, tens of, and several thousand people. And uh, he, he said, you know, America did this, America did that. And I thought, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue. I just simply said, well, let's give it the gate test. That is, we'll lift the gate and see which way people go. And as the as the interpreter presented what I said, the place burst out in applause and standing ovation. Because America is a good place, and those that hate it and want to burn it and burn its flag and spit on our president and tear down our our uh, those folks should not be in a position of power. And if you and I allow it to become there, either because we voted for them or we didn't vote at all and allowed them to take it out from under us, uh, I think that we should we should we should go. Those people should be sentenced to walk among the graves of the many. Uh, national national cemeteries of those that sacrificed to get us to where we are now at the pinnacle of respect and affection and love. The, the, the kings and queens of the world, just a generation ago, did not live as wonderfully as we live. And That's right. I'll go through it again. you've heard me say very simply, This is done by the Wall Street Journal and the Heritage Foundation. It's called the Rector Study. It's done every 24 months for the last 30 years. If you take a person living in poverty in America and compare it to the second richest nation on Earth, which is Western Europe, a person living in poverty in America is more likely to have a telephone, a television, an air conditioner, an automobile, eats more meat and has more square footage space than the average resident of the second richest spot western europe now that's not latin america that's not africa that's not uh, asia uh, etc cetera, et cetera. that's that's there's no place like this and we ha- the lord has blessed us as no nation has ever been blessed because w- uh, we have honored him the, the blessed is the nation whose god is the lord for the righteous are in authority the people rejoice when the wicked yeah. beareth rule the people mourn so we we have a responsibility and a privilege and a duty
0: We've got about 15 minutes before the top of the hour. And he was baffled today when I was sitting with him. And I said, I'm a student of, of Bob McEwen. I've read everything he's written. Uh, I've listened to everything he's spoken that's been recorded. And I told you about politics as easy as pie. And you said you didn't know anything about that. No. It- Take him through it. Politics as easy as pie. People haven't heard it, they need to hear it because this is critical to the election please bob I, this is right. this is such a gift that you that God gave you to give to all of us this is great
3: well we we only vote on two things I don't care if you're in Boston or Baghdad or Buenos Aires. you only vote on two things: you vote on the value system, the integrity of a person that's the eye and you vote and you vote on the economics of their of their politics, so politics equals integrity plus economics, P-I-E. So those are the only two dials. Now, just to give you is the formula where it works best, the higher the integrity, that is, the higher the value system, and the, and the values only come from two sources. That is, what I say is right or what God says is right. Those are the only two. So if it's what I say is right, then you're in trouble because I can take innocent life and I can do all kinds of things. But if God, if we do use God as a standard and we incorporate what he says, then it says thou shalt not lie. That means when I sign a contract, I'm going to honor it. It says thou shalt not kill. That means we don't have to have magnetometers in, in the interest of every, every high school because they've been taught from the five years old, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You don't lie. You keep your word. You, you, you shall not commit adultery. So you don't have to talk about about abortion. You don't have to talk about uh, various kinds of marriage because there is no sexual interaction except between a married couple. Now, if we use God's standard, when you do it god way the highest integrity, and then when you produce something, you're allowed to keep it. So the lower the cost of government, the higher the integrity, and the lower the cost of government, the greater the wealth. And you can just drive around, and, and now that you know that, you can go to, to Gusagalpa, or you can go to Cairo or you can go and you can just walk, drive around the airport for an hour and come back and, and leave again. And you'll be able to tell how much integrity, how much freedom, how many bars are on the windows, how many, uh, how many people do you have to bribe to get your product to market, how many guards do you ha- have to put around the train as it's uh, stopped in the lot, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how much honesty is there, plus how much does the government tell me what the tax rate is? And so the, the higher the taxes, the higher the cost of government uh, economics, and the lower the integrity, then the more money I have to spend to protect it. So if you could take a city like Chicago or a city like Detroit, which when I was young was the richest city in the history of mankind, and it wasn't close by the way, it was almost a fifth richer than the second richest nation, or the second richest city in the world. Because they created wealth. They elected a person who made decisions not based upon what was right or wrong, but he made based, based upon skin color. He was a racist. And, and when Coleman Young became the first black mayor of Detroit and said, I'm going to appoint people not because of their competence or right or wrong or integrity, but based on how I think they should be, the integrity began to fall. Then they said, what we're going to do is those people that are producing income, we're going to take money away from them and we're going to raise the level of the cost of economics. And so those two dials, they began to turn, the integrity came down, so that now you have higher and higher crime. The cost of living went up higher and higher higher, so people began to leave. The population of Detroit at this moment is lower than it was in 1900, and it's the poorest city north of the Rio Grande. So if you understand this, you can make any rich place poor. Let's take South Carolina. South Carolina uh, had had the, the opposite. They, they had racism. They had Jim Crow. And when they began to do away with that and began to treat people as, as a child of God at the foot of the cross, all equal, and began to to restore the integrity and then lower the cost of government, you see that South Carolina began to explode. I come from Ohio. Akron was the rubber capital of the world, the home of Charlie Goodyear, the home of Harvey Firestone, etc. Uh, now they don't make a single tire in, in uh, Akron. Most of them are made in South Carolina because you, if you vote to... Have a high integrity and a low cost of a government. You can create wealth. Politics—that's all we do. We vote on those kinds of people. Say, so, "Well, I don't want government. I don't want uh, you know." Don't talk about. You can't mix religion and government. No, 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 no. They say, "Well, I, I don't." You can't. You can't vote on on uh, on uh, what, what's the term? You can't legalize morality.
0: You, you, you can't. Yeah. You, you, uh,
3: can't, you legislate. can't legislate morality. You can't legislate morality. Okay, let's let let's take that sentence. Morality is the only thing that you can legislate. So there's a statement that's 180 degrees off. You can't legislate time. You can't legislate the weather. You get the only thing you can legislate is right or wrong. That's the only thing you can legislate, which is a moral value, whether or not you're going to protect life. And why do you have 25 miles an hour at a school zone? Because you don't want kids to get run over. That's what you can legislate. That is a moral value system. That's the only thing that you can legislate is is morality. And a person that says you can't legislate morality, that person should go do something other than vote. So that's. did that make any sense, Kurt? Uh, yes. Politics equals integrity. When you when you ask a person where they stand mor- morally, and if they if they if their answer is. Yeah, you know, Dennis Prager says it so well. He says you can ask a person just two questions. If you want to know uh, about domestic policy, ask him about life, because in answering the question about life, it'll tell you: it, Are you the standard, or is God the standard? And if the first words out of his out of his words are, out of his mouth are, "Well, I think," well then you know what the standard is. If you believe that the God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time as our founders said then you know his integrity. Now, if you want to know foreign policy, you ask him where he stands on Israel and uh, where he stands on Israel, you don't know about foreign. You You ask those two questions, you're 90% done.
1: Wow. That is so great. Share with everybody uh,
0: the the illustration of Korea, how this applies, the peninsula. Yep.
3: Yep. Uh, We we had dinner with the president in the Blue House, which is uh, his White House. In Korea? And uh, he in Korea, in Seoul, and he, he, was disc- he was describing to Liz, my wife, he said, you know, when they divided our country the 38th parallel, he said, North Korea got 75% of the arable land. He said, we only got 25% of the arable land. We got all these mountains and we got all the refugees, but we got freedom. He said, North Korea got natural resources and got arable land, but they got socialism. And uh, at, at that time, uh, in the 1990s, 10% of the population of North Korea starved. Now, what you do is you have food, clothing, and shelter. The first thing you do is food. Then if you're alive, then you can make some clothes, and you've got some clothes, then you can make a house, shelter. The first thing you do is food. They can't even do that. And so they're, they're shrinking in, in their size. They eat sticks and leaves to fill their stomachs, etc. South mm-hmm. Korea, same heritage, same culture, same climate, same language. Everything is the same except freedom and a spiritual rebirth of the missionaries that went in there after the Korean War. They were third from the bottom of all the nations on earth. South Korea was third from the bottom. And they came in there, and, and the churches began to prosper. And what is right, we honor the integrity. We're going we're gonna to make contracts. We're going to make businesses. We're gonna, when I start a business, I'm going to give you a good product. And today, that little peninsula, that little tip of a little nothing is the 10th largest GDP—that is, they create more wealth. The little people in South Korea create more wealth than every nation on Earth except nine, and North Korea is is at the bottom of the barrel. So, well, what is the distinction? Mm. Is, is it the weather? Is the ancestry? Is it the heritage? Is the skin color? No, no, no. It's the integrity plus the economics. You put those two together—a godly value system coupled with a low cost of government—that nation is going to take off like a rocket.
0: And you look at you you look at a a picture at night of the Korean peninsula and South Korea is lit like a candle and North Korea is completely dark. They're just.
3: You can find exactly where the 38th parallel. is. Yeah, right there. It it goes right across. It's the the militarized zone. You can see abundantly where it is. And that's what that's what totalitarians, that's what socialists, that's what they want. And so that's what's happening in New York City as we speak. That's what that governor or that mayor in Los Angeles is trying to do. If you have the audacity to go in your backyard and have a good time, I'll come in and show off your water and electricity. That's what they do. They want to control. Under free enterprise, the only way I can get money is that I have to do something for you. I have to bless you so abundantly that it's worth more to you than the money you have in your pocket. And you willfully and cheerfully reach in your pocket and say, oh my goodness, you you went out there yesterday morning at four o'clock in the morning and you milked that cow and you strained it and you refrigerated it. Oh, and I get to have that fresh gallon of milk, that quarter milk, I'd much rather have that than have this $2. And and the way that I get your $2 is by blessing you with something that's more valuable than that. That's called free enterprise. Socialism is that we're thugs and we steal. We get together and say mm-hmm. we're going to march down the street and we're going to burn your your car lot and we're going to burn your building and we're going to take it what you want and because we're, we're entitled to it right? and all the other things. Just turn on the news and watch what's going on in Portland, in Seattle, in Los Angeles with these people in in in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Chicago. Now let's let's just. There's a perfect example. In Chicago, this woman was elected not because of her competence, but because of her. Race and, and her her involvement in in a particular lifestyle, and they all contributed the money, and they got the first uh, person of her lifestyle to be in the governor's mansion. Now, remember the integrity in the economics. So that she, in the process of destroying the economics, but a African American Afri- Ame church, African Methodist Church, wanted to have church there a few weeks ago, and the people showed up, and the mayor of Chicago ordered that cars within a nine-block circumference of that church. Every car for nine blocks in every direction was towed to a, to a lot in order to aggravate the people in the neighborhood to make sure that that church did not meet again. Now, when, when you tell me what, what, mm. where she stands, you ask her where you stand on life, she's going to come back and give you an answer as to what she believes in life. Now, I cannot tell you how she would do about towing cars, but I know I know by watching how she towed cars, how she where she stands on abortion. I know where she stands on, on on scriptural marriage. I know where she stands on all these things. Because it's either one or the other. It's either God's way or it's man's way. And our founders sat down for the first time in the history of the world and said, here's what we're gonna do. Behold these truths, man's rights come from his creator. And if I can just steal John 1:1 again, that is, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you talk about the flesh or the word, it's the same thing. The flesh is Jesus Christ came, or he was the word, or he was God, or he was the creator. Those are all synonyms. So our founders could have said that man is endowed by Jesus Christ. Or he could have said man is endowed by the word. Or it could have said man is endowed by God, but they said man is endowed by his creator. Same thing with the certain rights among those are life. No other no other person ever did that. And, and life and then liberty and then the right to pursue happiness. So it, it's in order to take your liberty, I first have to do away with God. And once I've done away with God, and you'll notice, and let's just be frank, there's no point in tiptoeing around about it. In the last two days of the Democrat convention last week when they began with the pledge of allegiance they took out the words under god now why did they do that they did that because either man is in charge or god is in charge and if god is in charge that means you're not in charge and this country was founded with god in charge and that they they hate that because if i can do away with god there's no protection for life i quoted thomas jefferson a minute ago it's 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 on his memorial the god who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. So if I want to get to liberty, I have to get rid of God. Then I have the right to take your life. I want to, any politician that will take innocent life will not hesitate to take your liberty. And so that's why you want to ask. You don't, you, you can ask them where they stand on the capital gains tax if you want to. But if you just ask them where they stand on life, you're, you're going to get a 90% good shot as to where they stand on the capital gains tax because you know how, how what their worldview is.
0: Uh, he had one more question. Yeah are oh, um, Please go ahead if you.: uh, real quick, is one of the
2: comments was, the reason why they tune into our live stream is because it's not entertainment, it's education, and Bob yeah. never lets us yeah. down. And uh, on episode 112 out of the 146 that we've done, you were with Charlie Kirk and Rob back at Turning Point, USA. That is personally my favorite episode. Because it created the education that you provided was amazing. Mm. And the only reason I'm That's pointing right. that out is because that was 8,000 subscribers ago. So if you want to go back to one of the most educational episodes, go back to 112. Yours is 122 with Charlie Kirk, but 112. That one was a long one, but definitely worth it if you want to get a little second dose of Bob on that episode. I'm going to go back and watch yeah. that one for sure.
1: Bob, you're kind, to... David. Bob, one of, the, one of the things that I think uh, people want to know, people have asked me this, and, and, and I ask this question. You know, we've never lived in a socialist country before, here in the United States of America, but I have neighbors who've come out of socialist countries, and uh, they're just so happy to be here. They call this, you know, my, my, my dream come true, that I live here in America. People are wondering, if socialism is so bad, if, if if, if we want freedom and we want liberty and, and, and we want life, all the things that you're saying sound so good, why in the world would there be people in our country who would want to lead us into a system of socialism that produces so much bad results? Why would they want to do that? What's in it? What's, what's, what's the reward it, for that?
3: Re, it, it's, it's ignorance. So you don't have to have this problem with people who escape from Nicaragua or from Cuba or Venezuela. You don't have to explain it to them. And you didn't have to explain it to America when everybody was agrarian, when 85 or 90% of the people farmed, they understood how this worked. It's only when you don't know that I can say to you, see that man walking down the street? He makes $100 a day. See that poor fellow sitting on that park bench? He makes no money a day. Now, $50 a day, you can live perfectly comfortable. And you vote for me, and I'll take $50 from that guy making 100 and I'll give it to the guy who doesn't have any. They'll both have 50. They'll both be able to live comfortably. And it's the compassionate Christian Christ-like thing to do, vote for me. And if, you're, if you've are you got two brain cells that don't bump into each other, which means that you're a teenager, then you will say, well, that makes sense. I think I'll do that. And so you do. And so the guy walking down the street ends up, he gets a thug. We'll call him, we'll call him a tax collector. But it's a, it's the same as if he were attacked by a burglar. Comes along and says, oh, by the way, that $100 you earned today, I want $50 of it. I'm going to give it to this guy over here. Well, he goes home and he thinks for a minute. He said, "Now wait, 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 wait. I get up early in the morning. I go to work. I come home tired, worn out, and I get $50 bucks for that. That guy floats around, sits on his park bench all day. He gets $50, bucks too. I think I like his program better. So I'll just go sit on the park bench. And so they do. And and when, when you take from the productive, that means that it, they weren't rewarded for what they produced. You give to the unproductive, that means they're rewarded for something they didn't do. Productivity collapses, and it only works that way every time. When when the socialists took over in in Chile and they said everybody in Chile is going to get the same salary. I don't care if you're the president of the bank or if you're the head of of the of the factory, you're not any more important than the fellow that comes and works. Therefore, everybody's going to be paid the same. And that so everybody cheers and claps and carries on. And in the very first month. In the very first month, productivity in the copper mines in Chile collapsed 70%. The second month, they closed. So socialism just never, ever works. So the only people that are fans of it are people who live off of others. and and we don't have time to go into this now, but there's only two kinds of people. There's people who produce well, there's people that consume well. And, and, and the people that produce wealth is made up of three people, only three kinds. They're savers, they're, they're investors or entrepreneurs, and they're producers, people who get up and go to work. They make all the wealth that there is, those three people. There are five people that live off of them. And, and those people, uh, they, they have a different, different view, and they always want to vote to take more from the other, uh, the other people. And when that happens, 17 states in America have more people taking than there are producing. And that's why it is, it, these elections are so important.
0: Of those seventeen states, how do they break down politically?
3: Yeah, that's as clear as a bell. Yeah, you vote for me, and I'm it, it, you know it, it, the mafia says that I'm going, to, I'm taking your money for a good cause, and therefore I'm walking into this store, and you're going to give me twenty percent on every Friday. This guy's going to come, and you're going to have an envelope. And you're going to have 20 percent of everything you produce in this story is going to be in that envelope because i care for the poor and the elderly and if you don't i'm going to break your knees and burn your store down that is called a criminal element and uh, and in america we try to avoid that because that creates poverty you don't you can't invest and in do things when a politician comes and says the same thing i'm going to take your money i'm going to use it for a noble cause because i've determined where it should go the degree to which you do that is the degree to which you destroy business, destroy jobs and people get poorer. And you now that you know that, you can get in a car in LA and just start driving the 405 and pull off every exit and you can tell which towns are more conservative and 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 less socialist and because they create more wealth and um, and if you care about the poor, then you'll vote to allow them to go to work and have jobs. If you if you hate the poor, then you'll vote to destroy the job producers, the savers, the people that create the jobs, and create rampant poverty as you have in, in Venezuela. There isn't even a zoo in Venezuela. They have eaten all of the animals. They've
0: eaten the animals. It was the fourth wealthiest nation in the Western Hemisphere.
3: That's correct. And
0: That's now, correct. And now, it's still
3: to this day has more oil per yeah. capita than any place on the planet.
0: And they can't reach it because nobody wants to work because you, you can't retain it. wealth. There's, yeah, the... the the productivity has been destroyed and, uh, and they've bankrupted that nation and it's, it's awful and people have been enslaved and and here mm. the only way, and, and I've said this often, you can vote yourself into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. That's correct. That's correct. And, mm. and that's, we're on the precip of that. And we have pulpits in America who are saying that socialism is more like Christ, but it's a violation of two of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not covet. Correct. And and yet, w- we have to awaken and teach people these things.
3: So, and so I ask the people, if they say that, t- show me where. Yeah. You know, give me a, uh, I don't need a book, I don't even need a chapter. Give me a verse. Where Just a, it says one verse. I, as a politician, right, if I can go take from people, and I get points for that, I'm more Christ-like, I get points in heaven for stealing from people, show it to me. I mean, I'll sign up. I mean, this is wonderful. That's great. You can't find one.
0: Not one Never verse. In, 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 yeah.
3: Not one. You and I are responsible for helping the poor. That's what the church does. That's what America does. It's only when socialism comes in that we close the poor houses. We throw the, the, the people for 200 years. We cared for people that couldn't care for themselves. Now we throw them out on grates and, and pretend as though we're, we're noble by doing so because we abandoned the godly way of doing it and we're doing it the socialist way. And socialism only fails every time. And California is right on the, it's on the cusp. It's it's sliding down the other side, actually. It's not on the cusp. The, The wagon pullers are leaving California every day. They want to do that to all of America. And hopefully what we're experiencing right now can be a wonderful, wonderful awakening, not only for our country, I'd love to see California restored oh, as well.
0: From your lips to God's ears because we're already experiencing rolling blackouts. We we lead the nation in oh. homelessness. Oh. We lead the nation in poverty. We have the highest taxes in, and we have the highest debt and we're controlled and by no one need, party.
3: No, Rob, there is no need for None. that. It's because it's because the Barbara Boxers of the world said we're not going to allow you to make it, put in a new power plant. I I saw the question asked of of Pelosi the other day because there there wasn't enough water. And they said, you know, billions and trillions of gallons of water are flowing off into the ocean. You haven't built a single dam in over 24 years. Don't you think you can make a reservoir? And she says, it's not a lack of reservoirs, it's because of a lack of rain. Well, so their question was.
0: This this yeah. is, you're, you're going to love this. Senator Grove was sitting with folks who wanted to tax the farmers into oblivion and they were frustrated that they had a strong uh, conservative vote in the San Joaquin Valley and they were always coming up against them wanting to take more for government. And uh, this legislator said, um, w- you know, this is what we're going to do. And Shannon said, where are you going to get your vegetables when they leave? And you know what her answer was? Mm-hmm.
3: The grocery store?
0: We'll we'll eat canned vegetables. There you go. Yeah, well, where are those going to come from, Einstein? There's just no comprehension of how wealth is created and how people live. It's just draconian, and we're facing it. And there's an awakening. I truly believe in hope, and and I'm an eternal optimist. But we're going to keep
1: fighting, Bob, and I am so blessed by you and Anything That's before right. we
0: close tonight? Anything you want to?
1: Th- thank you, Bob, for just continuing to be, uh you know, like a a, a, a never-ending well of of wisdom. And you make complicated things simple enough for for guys like me to understand. So Hughie Dewey and Louie we got it <laughs> to my kids. Yeah. It's, it's great. a
3: great country. God has blessed us with it. Yeah, we do it do it His way. We we prosper.
1: Yeah, Amen. Well. uh you
0: you have gotta get some rest, you got a busy day tomorrow and so grateful for you joining us tonight and let us know how it's going with Liz and the baby and bless you and thank you and we love
1: you.
3: Love you all. Thank you. Night sir. Brother. Bye bye. bye. bye.
1: So uh so great. Yeah. It's so great. S- sitting with
0: sitting with Bob. Fireside chat, no fireplace, but my heart's warm. You know yeah. Man? My
2: brain always gets uh sore by the end of the time with these guys.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always say I get stretch marks on my brain. That's a good thing. (laughs) Well, folks, thank you for joining us tonight with Congressman Bob McEwen. As David pointed out, there is that other episode where some of these principles that you saw tonight or heard tonight, Bob goes into greater detail. We'll have him back on again. There's been a number of times he's been on with Bill Federer. And each time he does a new direction. And I'm glad we got to revisit politics as easy as pie. uh, And you can find that online as well. So I think that's it. Uh, Let me... Let me uh, have you
1: pray for us. Sure. And then I'll read numbers. Numbers. Yeah. <clears throat> Father, oh, we do not live in uninteresting times. No. Lord, you've given us this uh, this stage on the earth right now uh, in the greatest country in the history uh, of the world to play our role. Father, I, I just thank you for, for God's speak. I thank you for all the other brave pastors out there who Amen. are taking a stand in all of the... the uh, the Christians and the patriots uh, who are uh, loving liberty and, 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 and listening to you uh, speak to them about what you would have them do. I know I'm asking you the same thing. So, Father, thank you for, for speaking to us. Please continue. Your servants are listening. May you be honored in, in, in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for inviting me. I love it.
1: I get a a front row seat to these amazing conversations that you have with all these great people. Good people. You're always welcome to come. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, we're going to close as we've done for 146 episodes, or 145, this will be 146. And we've always read out of number six. It's a blessing for all of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. My childhood friend will be with us, Mark Baker. It'll be wonderful. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night.